Hey everybody, welcome back to Casa Walsh, a Beverly Hills 90210 podcast. My name is Sam and on today's episode we are going over season 6, episode 10 called One Wedding and a Funeral. It premiered on November 8th, 1995 and my brother Wesley joined me for this episode so let's get into it. So I like when we started watching this episode, you about like three and a half minutes in, you're like, oh, wait, it's this episode. You didn't you didn't realize right away the episode. Yeah, because they were just going wedding gown shopping and like it could conceivably be a number of episodes between that and a wedding. I just I didn't remember that it was the yeah yeah, yeah. I I picked up on it when like I was like, oh, the wedding's like happening now. Now, also, I I have vague memories of watching this live. Now, the name of the episode is called One Wedding and a Funeral. So it's kind of giving you an insight about what's happening. Also, I'm fairly certain prior to this episode, like the previews for the previous episode, was that it was Luke Perry's last episode. He's leaving the, like This is his last episode. Spoiler alert if you didn't know. But this is his last episode. When you first watched it, it wasn't like when people watch TV now, when you see the names of an episode. Even when we were kids, you had like the info button, the info button, but I don't think you had that in the 90s. So you, did you know the name of the episode before watching it? Probably not. That's a very good point. You could, I mean, obviously, if you read the TV Guide, the TV Guide might actually have it, or the Channel 14 might say the name of the episode, but you know what it's going to be on, the... so you're not looking that up. Yeah, because back then... We had one channel, which was essentially a TV guide, which told you, like, the channels, what shows were on and what times. So I just wondered. I don't think they did, though. Like, I feel like it would say, I'm assuming, I feel like this is on Thursdays. It might have moved to Wednesdays at this point. But on Fox, from 8 to 9, 90210, Beverly Hills 90210. Under it, it possibly would have said, the name of the episode, but I feel like it only things it usually says would be like starring Jason Priestley, like Luke Perry, and that's it. Yeah. Like they would have like two names, three names what, possibly. What, what they should have done if he was leaving the show and it was known like, yeah, he's leaving the show after the season. Just say that. So then it happens midway through the season so people don't know also. They could have done that. I mean, I think so. They... Crazy I've, I've talked about this in a, a few times before, but um, when actors sign on to a series, um, I feel like it's seven-year contracts now, but it used to be five-year contracts then. So after the five years, we're, we're now on season six. Gabrielle Carteris left because she was she didn't re-sign her contract. She wanted to go. Okay. Um, I'm assuming that might have been the case also with James Eckhouse and Carol Powder, who also left. Shannon was a season prior, but because of on you know different situations. Yeah. So Luke wanted out, but I think they had asked him to stay on ten episodes to kind of give Dylan a write off. What year is this? In- 1995, November, end of the end of. 
So it was the 95-96 season. Ah, see, he probably just got cast in the fifth, uh, or just made The Fifth Element, which was 95. And he's in that movie for like a minute in the beginning. So maybe he thought he was, because that movie was huge. Maybe he thought his career was about to take off or something. I mean, I like, think. Like his film career. I think he did. I think that, I mean, he was in, this was early, but he was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, and no, I remember that. That was a few as years the ago. male lead. Yeah, I, I I was just trying to establish because those are the only two movies I can really think of him from. He did like it was a movie where he was like a cowboy, and it was like thirty seconds or something like how long you have to like ride a bull for or something. I think that was it, but I don't know. But anyways, spoiler yeah. alert: this is Luke's last episode. So. Breaking down the episode, starts off, we see Donna and Kelly are at a bridal store with Tony, who are helping her pick out a wedding gown. Um, They're talking about it. They're talking about how sweet and beautiful she is, and um, she has no friends. Oh, yeah, because they're going with her to go wedding gown shopping, so she has nobody. We know that her mother has passed away. And we know that she doesn't have siblings. Yes. But... But, like, you think maybe her... She doesn't have a single... cousin, an aunt... Nobody. Anybody. Nope, nobody. That these two girls that are friends of her fiancé are going wedding shopping with her, Um, who she's met a handful of times. She and Dylan met on the first episode of the season? First or second. No, maybe second. Okay. So they've been dating for like, what, like four months? Probably. Okay. Yeah. It's it's a whirlwind romance, but they okay. fell in love very quickly. Okay. Um, You know, he obviously initially sought her out. Yeah. Because of her re- dad. Get but, revenge. Yeah. Because he thought it was going to be a guy. And yeah. Because Tony. And then it but was. But was a hot girl. And then he <laughs> fell in love with her. Yeah. Um, she tells him, though, they, uh. She hopes they understand they are not invited to the actual wedding, but the reception, because the wedding wants, Dylan wants the wedding to be private. So basically just them, which they understand. Yeah. We then see Anthony Marchette uh, is talking to one of his hitmen, and they're talking about everything being taken care of. So we saw in the last episode. The world's worst hitman, you mean? Yes. Well, we saw at the end of the. We'll get to that. His entire or, his entire organization is going to be fired. Um. Yeah. We'll we'll get we'll to see. we'll, we'll, we'll see. get to that. But um. Basically, we saw the end of the last episode that Anthony is preparing to take Dylan out. Okay. Um. So we got a hint of that. We then see these two men going to some storage locker. They open up the locker. There's a car there. Go into the trunk of the car, and there's a bunch of guns, so he's loading up a gun. He's also smoking a pipe, because people smoke pipes um, that are hitmen, I guess. <laughs> so it's, it's his character trait. Yes. Know? Everyone has something weird, I this, feel like. This hitman is a, uh, is a pipe smoker. Yeah. Um, do you know anyone that's ever smoked a pipe? I'm asking you this on purpose. Like, like we, tobacco? <laughs> our uncle, Mark. Tobacco? Used to smoke pipes. I think. I don't think I know anyone that... that, that we were... I mean, you were really little, and I have vague memories of him in Brooklyn, in or Grandma and Grandpa's house in Brooklyn, smoking a pipe. Yeah, he thought it was cool. Early oh, 80s. He smoked a pipe then. It was definitely early 80s. I mean, it might have been mid-80s, but yeah. He was a pipe smoker. I don't think people really smoke pipes, though, now. I mean, they do to maybe well, smoke hitmen crack. Hitmen do. Hit, hit do. But this is a... T- but he was probably smoking a wood pipe, though. This guy was right... 
Yeah. 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 Not like. Uh... No, this guy's not. It's not a crack pipe. This guy's smoking. I think he's really just smoking tobacco or something like that. Yeah, that's good for you. Yeah, tobacco's great. So, then the gang shows up at Dylan's house that they are planning a kidnapping. The girls are going to take Tony for a bachelorette party, and the guys are going to take Dylan for a bachelor party. As they all get in the car to leave for these bachelor bachelorette parties, the hitmen are driving by, and they realize they cannot take Dylan out because he is in a car with his friends. So, the hit at the moment is off. Um... I don't know what this plan was. They were just going to wait outside until oh, I, he was alone? I, I think, yeah, I think the intention was when he was alone, they were going to make it seem like a kidnapping and that he was in like the wrong place at the wrong time, basically. Okay, really good job. Well, they couldn't do it anyways. Well, no, he, 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 this was not my, my, my tiff with the hitman. <laughs> well, we'll get, we'll get there. So then um, we are at the Walsh house. The men... So the men are just, um, the boyfriends are not invited to this because it's just Brandon, Dylan, Steve, and David. David. Just the original gang. Um, The guys are drinking a bottle of Jack, but they, Steve made a point to say iced tea for Dylan. So they have a pitcher of iced tea, but they also have a bottle of Jack there too. Yeah. So all the guys are drinking except for Dylan. Yeah. Because he can't. We know why. Why wouldn't they just not get drunk? Yeah, is that necessary? Like, I just feel that if I had a friend and it's his bachelor party and he is a in AA, like yeah, he's don't an alcoholic, bring, don't bring Jack don't, there's no point of even just doing it. Just... Honestly, it might be okay if they got like a case of beer for them. Even, yes. Even that might be acceptable. But like, I don't know. It seemed like they were doing some heavy drinking. Well, we'll get. So I saw the bottle of Jack. Well, I, I want to bring that bottle of Jack up again because I, I did have a comment. But. Um, Steve's making a toast. Um, he admits to him, he says that this is the first time he's ever seen Dylan happy and he's known him since kindergarten. They would have been friends, but he knew him. He knew him. I mean, they also almost like didn't like each other. They had a whole episode about that, how they didn't like each other. But the first time he's ever seen him happy, he wasn't even smiling. Here. Dylan's never happy. <laughs> as happy as Dylan is, he can never be fully happy. Yeah, so was, I perhaps Steve noticed certain things and said just this is the happiest yeah. he's ever been. And then, um, so then they're going to, their their whole night, their bachelor party evening is going to consist of just playing poker. So they're going to have fun. And they're making jokes that the girls are not doing anything fun. And then we switch over to the girls at the beach apartment who have two male strippers and these little like gold like shorts. And so, so who do we think planned this? Valerie? Makes sense. Right? Valerie. Valerie. And also, um, those male strippers were doing nothing. They were just standing. They were just standing. Yes. Standing in the same spot. Just, just, just gyrating, yeah, gyrating their, hips. their hips. That's it. Exactly. Now, I yeah. have been to bachelorette parties with a stripper, male stripper. And I can tell you that that is not all they do. Yes. We were in a hotel room. Um, <laughs> this is your sister we're talking yeah, about here. Yeah, I, I prefer you um, to not be too... It wasn't, uh, but... Well, you're also talking about yourself. Yeah, so. but we were, in a, we were in a hotel room and guy came in and your cousin Jamie did some great acting because she came in and she goes, oh my God, you guys, security is here. <laughs> we're getting complaints about the noise. And then this really hot guy comes in as a security you know he was a stripper now he 
didn't really do any gyrating by himself. He like I mean, there were tons of girls there, so he would pull up. He would do like lap dances for the girls. Yeah. Um. I was you know thrown on the floor with you know some right. junk put in my face. Like okay. he wasn't naked, but All he's right, wearing. Let's, let's move past this. Part. Um. <laughs> but some of the, I mean, uh. Okay. Some of Heather's friends are really, but whatever. It, anyway, saying they do, do. So the girls this episode. But anyways, I'm moving on. But male strippers do not just stand there and gyrate. Yes. But the that, girls. That, 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 that was my point. The girls are smoking cigars though. They're having fun smoking cigars. Um, I did want to note yeah. that um, every single episode, I'm pretty much looking at the um, attractive ladies mm-hmm. and um, kind of doing my own internal ranking. Oh, so you're gonna do a ranking of the girls here? Not, not, not like a. a, a just gonna give you just okay. So thoughts. of the girls at the bachelor party, before you do a ranking, I'm gonna say their names, and you're gonna set you if you want to rank them, we can rank them. So we have obviously Tony. Tony was number one this episode. She looked unbelievable. Rebecca Gayhart is she looks incredible, gorgeous. Yeah. Um. So we have Tony. We have Kelly. We have Donna. We have Claire. We have Valerie, and we have Susan. Yes. Brandon's girlfriend was invited to this. So Susan will be last. Really? Second to last will be, believe it or not, Kelly this episode. Really? I never, ever, ever liked her with this super, super short hair. She just looks so great when she has the nice long blonde hair. So I just, yeah. So that's where we're going. I know you're thinking Donna. I'm shocked Donna, by this because you... I, when Donna, in the first scene, I thought she looked incredible and I was just like, wow, this might be the only time I think Donna's Yeah, because I'm going to say you've never really no. been into she looked, Donna. She looked, I think she looked great this episode, Donna. Um, so then Donna and then um, just Valerie's left, right? You said Valerie at the bottom. None Valerie, no. I said... Kelly, Kelly. I said Kelly and Susan at the bottom. It was Su- you said Val. You oh, meant I'm to so, say... Oh, I'm so sorry. I meant you... Susan. I meant Susan. So, I would okay. Never, I would never That's put why Valerie I was confused about Valerie's that. You're like, second. she didn't look that great this episode. And Valerie's I was like, second She after, looks the same. Yeah, so, okay, Valerie's so top second. to bottom is, is Tony, Tony, Valerie, Val, Donna, Donna um, Kelly, Kelly, Susan. Susan. That's it, right? Yeah. Claire. Oh. Where's Claire? Claire. I think she looks better this season than previous seasons. Claire would be probably in that slot above Kelly below Donna this episode. Okay. Yeah. Donna's third this episode, which is her highest ranking. I was going to say, you will never give her a higher ranking. But yeah, Tony, when she was wearing that pink dress. She did. It was a cute pink dress, too. She's, I mean, Rebecca Gayhart, like I said, is just stunning. And I mean, I'm going to talk more about her later because I'm doing the spotlight episode. She's getting the spotlight. Also, just one thing, Donna, there's kind of an asterisk there because a lot of it has to do with the fact that she had the boob job. And she was wearing, like, a tight little top, you know, short. She did, and yeah. She, yeah, so it just... I mean, I... You not know, a great boob job, but <laughs> you couldn't really tell there. You know what's funny, though, about Donna? I never really cared about the character Donna. And, like, doing this rewatch, I love her. Like, Donna's just a sweet... Like, she's an angel. I mean, but it's just, like, I love Donna. I really do. How can you not? Um, okay. So, but I also love that the girls are smoking cigars and just having fun. The girls are literally having a good time. Until? Um, (laughs) Well, we're not there yet. Oh, we're not there yet? Yeah. Okay. So, we then see Anthony um, get a call that, and you're telling, from him, you can see he's not happy. Apparently, it's the guys telling him the hit was not able to be taken care of. Um, And... 
Bruno walks in and kind of overhears, but not really. Whereas like Tony Anthony's like kind of like, don't you knock? Um, and then he tells Anthony it's a big day tomorrow. Our, our little girl's getting married. I'm going to drive her to the uh, ceremony. And Bruno's happy about it. Bruno's happy because Tony's happy. And he doesn't think Dylan's a bad guy. Bruno, he, Bruno, Bruno's just like, Bruno's just a nice guy. Bruno's just a nice guy. And you can see that there's something, like Anthony's just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like yeah. kind of just dealing with it. So back at the card game... Uh, I guess Steve and David just went to bed because it's just Dylan and Brandon at this point. Um, they both passed out. We see that bottle of Jack, and it is near empty. So the three guys pretty much downed a bottle of Jack Daniels. I'm going to say Steve probably killed half that bottle. And then David and... Then David, and... D- David had probably... You know, a third of the bottle, and Brandon had, like, two two drinks. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, because Brandon seems very sober. And Brandon doesn't... I feel like also since um, the uh, car crash in the first season, I feel like he does, probably doesn't... He's not a get, huge he drinker. Get, yeah, he doesn't get... He's not a huge Has drink. he been drunk since then? Probably not. Yes, once. Palm Springs, after Kelly dumped him. Okay. He got wasted. Okay. That's yeah. fair. Months was just filling him up with drinks so he but he was he was upset so that's why he was drinking so um so anyways so this is a sweet moment it's a brandon and dylan moment um brandon wants to bet him his motorcycle which i can't really see brandon really on a motorcycle which is just funny but i think brandon just wanted to see if he would do it and yeah if brandon won that there's no way he was taking his motorcycle no he wouldn't have so they kind of bet his motorcycle obviously dylan wins the hand or maybe he thought maybe since he was getting married he was might be trying to get rid of it maybe brandon True. was doing him a favor True, but in his in his, in his own yeah. twisted way. But anyway, so then, um, but they're discussing Anthony and and kind of the whole thing about Brandon's advising him to let it go. He knows obviously Anthony killed Jack. That was in his initial thing, and he's just basically saying Tony's worth more than taking him out. And Dylan then tells him that he is the best friend he's ever had. So it's this sweet Dylan and Brandon moment. Um, Dylan, we know, doesn't really have any friends, so it's nice that, like, he feels that Brandon's a good friend to him, even though, I mean, Brandon did date, date Kelly after him. <laughs> I know, I know. But in real life, it's kind of like, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it doesn't bother me as much because I am a Brandon and Kelly fan. He screwed over his sister. <laughs> he did. He cheated on his sister with Kelly. Yeah, so maybe... And she didn't really... Did she really cheat on Dylan? Did... Kelly didn't cheat on Dylan. No, they were broken up. Yeah, so, I mean... Whatever. Yeah, it's they, a TV show. they were actually broken up when she and Brandon got together. But still, by Dylan's standards, it's the best friend he's ever had. Yes, 100%. <laughs> so, back at the beach apartment, um, it seems there's, like, a sleepover there. Now, okay. Claire, Donna, and... Kelly will live there. Valerie, did she sleep over or did she go home? Don't they hate her? Yes, but she was there for... No, no, I get she would be invited. Did they let her sleep over? No, they don't hate her anymore. They made up with her. For now. I think she's sleeping in Donna's room. Donna, because Donna and her kind of got close, so I think Donna's letting her sleep in her room with her. Tony, where's Tony sleeping? And where's Susan sleeping? Susan's on the couch. Susan, yeah. (laughs) Tony, Tony probably moving Kelly's room with Kelly? 
Yeah. Because Kelly's super cool with the whole Or thing. maybe because it's her wedding, Claire and Kelly but, and Spawn then Tony and, Tony, and yeah. let Tony have her own room. Now, That's question. Like, How long has it been since Kelly and Dylan dated? Well, they have not dated. They broke up in season four. So all of season five, she was with Brandon. Yeah. And now it's season six. Okay. And how long... So her and Brandon were broken up for a few months. They broke up on the season finale of... Six. Five. Five, because that was when the whole thing, like... Well, Dylan, remember, he had a dream. He was doing hypnotherapy, and he thought Kelly was a soulmate. So he offered her a trip around the world because he wanted to make his play for her. And Brandon proposed marriage, and she says at the end of the episode... Um, I choose, to, I choose, choose me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love you both till the day I die, but I choose me. So, but she kind of implied to Brandon, like, just because I didn't want to marry you right now doesn't mean I don't want to still date. And he says, basically, he felt that he, she didn't choose him. So he, he didn't want to date her anymore. So they had the summer off. She met Colin and then back to school immediately he met Susan. So they're both in other relationships now, but yeah. So she should have just said, I choose Brandon, but I'm not really ready to get married. Are you okay with that? And he would have been like, yeah, sure. That's exactly what she should have done, but she did not do that. Um, Yeah, because characters on TV don't make logical decisions. Because then it wouldn't be exciting. Right. (laughs) Um, Okay. So anyways, they're having their sleeping arrangements. They're, you know, or we don't know what their sleeping arrangements is. That's our assumption. Um, Claire goes to uh, answer the door because there is a knock on the door. And um, then what happens is uh, it is Ray, Mr. Ray Pruitt. He, my favorite part of the episode. He is there to speak to Donna. He wants to get back together and she's not interested. He, uh, she's done. And then he threatens her. He says to her that she better start listening or he's going to make her life miserable. So a couple things about this. Um, I would equate this to a guy who asks a girl out and then she says no, like politely. And he's then says, okay, well, you're an ugly whore anyway. Oh my God. That's the best. It's the same thing. It's like, okay, well, great. Cause now I know what I'm missing out. I know I'm missing out on a really nice guy. Like, is he crazy? Yeah. She already knew who he was. Like he hit her. Yeah. um, But she's broken up with him. She's dating someone new now and he keeps on. Yeah. So now he's threatening her. Like. Why would that make her want to go out with him more anymore? I know. He's not the smartest. Yeah, well, obviously. He's just um But yeah, no, that was uh that was great. All right. So we then see uh Tony and Kelly having a little bit of a moment. Um I mean, I guess because Tony needs to have a moment with one of the girls even though she's not friends with any of them. Um you know, she's thanking her for the evening. And well, why would Tony have friends? You know, she's super pretty and super rich and super friendly. Um, just a nice person. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Why would she have friends? It doesn't, you know, make sense. It doesn't make any sense. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it, ju- it just kind of funny. It's just funny how people on TV just, they, they never like, even on Friends, like when people would be dating other people, it's just like, oh, they don't have friends of their own. Well, I've noticed it about this show quite a bit that other, um, you know, people, uh, like boyfriends, girlfriends of the crew kind of come in. They don't have friends. The only person that I think that does have friends, 
Colin gets a little bit of a pass because he moved from New York to LA. That, yeah, that's, so that's a pass. That's different. But I think that Joe has friends because he's a football. He's the quarterback of the football team, and you could you've seen like him interact with some of the other players on the team. So Joe at least has some friends. Uh, Ray Pruitt has zero. Not a friend. Uh, we have yet to see Susan. Well, Susan's like a nerd, right? Yeah, but she's a. She's the editor of... I don't think she's a nerd. I think she's just kind of... She's smart, but I'm, she's the editor of the paper. I remember thinking of her as a nerd. <laughs> um, well, she, in my mind, was the replacement for Andrea. I guess. Right? She's I, the school paper... She does, she's the editor of the paper. And all of her storylines are with Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> so she is the she's the replacement for Andrea. Um Obviously, Valerie was for Brenda. Yeah. Uh, Claire was just Claire. Yeah, yeah, you just add people. And Jamie, and Jamie, Jamie Walters. Uh, Ray was just Ray. He's, they're on the opening credits. Oh, Ray was on the opening Ray credits? Ray and Claire. I know Claire was. I this season, don't remember Ray being Season part of the six, cast. he's on, he's. So they had one, of the, they had a member of the cast beat one of the other characters i know well it's funny when i did my when i did the podcast with brian austin green he had said that his career was ruined because of this because of all the characters that you're going to beat also it's going to be the donna like the nicest person but he played a guy on a very popular show who hit his girlfriend and you know People didn't want to hire him, which is just ridiculous because, you know, yeah, he's an actor. That definitely happens. That definitely happens. People have a hard time separating the two. Yeah, which sucked for him. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, but he, uh, opening credits for season six, um, they're, they're added to the opening credits. Um, yeah, anyway, so then it's the morning of the wedding. Tony is with the girls and she's doing her kind of like something new, something old, something blue, whatever. So her something old is a journal that she had of her mother's. And she says that it's dated, um, it has, I guess, an inscription of her birthday, which is January 10th, 1975, which puts her at 20 years old, almost 21. I guess they're juniors in college, so she's the same age as them. That makes sense, right? And she was just in a, just in a classroom that... Dylan took the class for Well, no, Dylan just didn't take the class. He found out her schedule and just sat in it. Yeah, no, I knew it wasn't yeah, We know she's a student, but it's just... Oh, yeah. Dylan, now, the interesting... Dylan didn't even take the class. He just sat... He just, right. Yeah, so she, she could be a senior for all. He could be, she could be older well, than him. Well, her. January 10th, 1975, she's 20. She'll be 21. You turn... Oh, he's 20. He, oh, they're the same age. They're yeah, older? Same, exactly oh, okay. the same age. I got it. He, they're all 20. Because... Mm-hmm. I just think of them as like... Most people 18. turn... Your senior year, because I turned 21, like, the first Thursday back, my senior year of college, but my birthday's in August. Yeah. So, like, everyone, like, in March of that year, you would you turn 22 your senior year of college. Correct. So, people are turning 22. If she's going to be 21 soon, they're juniors, which just makes sense. They're junior year. She's the same age as them. Gotcha. Um, now, it's funny. I'm thinking, it was like, wow, she's so fucking young. Like, she's not even 21 yet. Our mother got married. And she was 21. 20. Still 20. She turned 21 two weeks later. Um, yeah, it's crazy young. No, she turned 21 a year later. November. Oh, yeah, you're right. November. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, so she had just turned 20. Yeah. 
She had just turned 20. Yeah, it's crazy to me. And, I mean, think about yourself at 20. A thought in your mind. No. No, no way. No, no, no. I'm, like, there's so many things. I that, was concerned with playing video games still. Yeah, like. Or going out partying. I mean, I remember, I might have said this on the podcast, I went on a date the summer I graduated college. So I was 20, almost 22, I was 21. I was set up with a guy on a date. I met him out at a bar, and he was 30. And we were having conversations about, you know, his last relationship ended because basically it was like shit or get off the pot, like with his ex-girlfriend who was living girlfriend. And I was like, well, so I just graduated college two weeks ago. Um, Really hope I find a job soon. Like that was in my mentality. We were just nice guy, but we were just completely... In different worlds. Yeah. It was just very funny. But so it, it just, it's such a different, I mean, I think it's a different time now also. I mean, from even then, 95, but she, I mean, so young. It happens still. Yeah. It does happen. It does, but young. So anyway, so um, she's reading this journal from her mother who we know has passed away. I guess that's her something old. Um, the girls give her a blue garter so i guess that's her blue and i think she borrowed something from donna i don't know from something borrowed wedding traditions still goes on so then we see dylan getting ready for the wedding with brandon in his room he's got his suit on with his little vest um and brandon tells him that he has a telegram from jim and cindy now (laughs) let's talk about the telegram for a second what exactly is a telegram? So a man knocks on the door. And says... A, he looks like a mailman, but he's not. And, he, and he, he says, telegram. Okay. And then he, and then he reads it, and whenever he, there's a period, he goes, stop. <laughs> now, here's my thing with the, with, the, with the telegram. Now, we've seen in this season, there is a computer at Casa Walsh. Uh, we have seen Jim and Cindy... Uh, emailing Brandon and Valerie both separately. So why, wouldn't so why say, couldn't he say, "Why don't you shoot me an email and I'll print it out and give it to Dylan"? Why are we selling sending a telegram? So why aren't we just sending letters also? Well, yes, but that too. But maybe they thought it wouldn't get there in time, and telegrams get there faster than or I a never, fax machine. I've never sent a telegram. Me neither. Uh, but I think fax machines were a thing then also. So oh, fax they machine. They definitely but were. Dylan not only gets a telegram from Jim and Cindy, there is also a telegram from Brenda in London. Well, Brenda learned it from Jim and Cindy. <laughs> <laughs> so she obviously is like, this is how people send messages. I mean. That's, that's what, that's, no, no, no. Brenda, actually, I'm giving her a pass because she learned it from Jim and Cindy. Jim and Cindy's weird. But maybe Brenda. Yeah. Although Brenda's younger, so Brenda probably. Brenda should have known. Is she not emailing Brandon? Yeah. No. 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 You're right. You're right. Yeah. The email could have happened. No. Yeah. It's just I thought it was funny, um, but yeah. So they've sent they sent telegrams and and and. Walsh sent telegrams. Um, the Walsh sent telegrams, but they'll. I'm sure Brandon will tell fill them in on everything via email. <laughs> So, um, we then see Tony at the beach apartment getting ready, and Anthony shows up to see her. She's very excited to see her father, but he tells her he will not support this wedding. He doesn't want her to go through with it. She's devastated, 
And he says he will not be a part of this, that this wedding is made in hell, which is very. So let's talk about his plan real quick. His plan is, okay, I'm going to beg her one last time not to marry him on the day of the wedding. I'm going to make sure that she understands my position on this. I'm going to be very, very severe if I have to. And if she says no, then I'm going to kill him. I think he was killing him no matter what, to be honest, in his mind. So maybe he was thinking. I think save, he wanted save, save her some pain. Yes, maybe don't. She'll... Maybe I think in his mind it was like let's try to stop the wedding so she doesn't have to go through with it because she's going to be devastated anyways when but I she's kill gonna, her. She's gonna find out though. And she's gonna know. Here's it's him. the thing though. There's no world it, where she doesn't oh, know it's him. Of course, it's so obvious that just her, like whatever. She now knows what her father is. She knows that her father had Jack killed. She's aware of this. So she would know what's up. If that's, that's Dylan all. was killed, she would have one hundred percent known that it was her father, and she, and that's the thing. Like he doesn't want to lose his daughter. You would have lost your sure. daughter. Yeah. You killed her fiance, in her mind, like that. You would have lost her. But he tries to stop it, and she's going through with it. And she basically was like, she runs away. She walks out. She's on the porch, and he leaves the front door. Bruno then comes in. What's Bruno's position with the with the family? He's like the chauffeur. He's a driver. Sla- he drives. Here's the thing. He drives Tony around. He drives her to school. But then we see him driving the dad around. Um, I think he's just the chauffeur. But he's been around like a long time. We know. Now we'll get to something that I said here. Yeah. So he comes out. He gives Tony a hug. He's like, I'm sorry. I tried to talk to him. He said, I'm going to walk you down the aisle. And she's like, but what about my father? And he's like, he can hail a cab. So you just basically, you're getting yourself fired. You're her just driver. And even, you said he can hail a cab? Even if he drove him home and then went back to the wedding, I think he would still get fired. Yes, because Bru- he would be mad that Bruno is... But, yeah, he, he pays him, not Tony. Yeah. So the fact that he is willingly, a, like, you know, he's not backing Anthony. He's basically backing Tony. Yeah, I mean, he probably wouldn't because he was trying to be there for his daughter. Right. But at the but, same time. Yeah. But from Bruno's perspective, he loves Tony. He's known Tony since she was a little girl. So he's yeah. like very, you know, he wants to make sure that she's happy. So then we see it is the wedding and Brandon, best man, is there with Dylan. And Tony shows up with Bruno, walking her down the aisle. They get married and they are, they're married now. So at the reception, everyone's there. Brandon makes a speech. He likes to say chin chin in, in when he does his cheers. He does that he does it twice during this episode. He says chin chin. Nat's like, salute. And then someone, I think like David was like, cheers! Like he was like, it's like <laughs> saying everything, you know. No one said Lahayam. Next year in Jerusalem. <laughs> like it was just funny that they all kind of said their own little thing. Um I feel like Nat is now, like, the parental, like, character. I mean, it would make sense that he is invited to Dylan's wedding, though. They were partners at the Peach Pit. Oh, not yeah. Weird. Oh, yeah. Not weird that he's there. But, I mean, it was earlier in, the like, the first episode of the season, the, they thought the Walsh house was going to be sold. So they had some big rager, like, you know, at the, they were spray painting the walls. And Nat showed up with, like, sandwiches, like, four, like, footlongs for the uh, 
part not footlongs like the yeah, six it's, feet it's, ones six, six foot um yeah also i'm like i did not know that the peach pit did catering like that but um sure they do but he's showing up there with it and then he said to brandon he was disappointed that he's you know they're trashing the house yeah he's but not... it's like why is he there why yeah, and he's... also like in college at keggers like are you uh, are they ever supplying food besides doritos Oh wait, this was a like a kegger. Well, Steve had all his frat brothers there. Oh, it was a college party. Gotcha. College kids do not supply food for parties. No, the only thing they supply is jungle juice. Yeah, right. Yes, that is it. <laughs> Maybe there'll be a keg there, but I feel like sometimes if there's kegs, you're paying at the door. Yeah, it's usually five to five at the door. Yeah, so college kids are not supplying sandwich subs. Like, <laughs> but I thought that was funny. But anyway, so. Um, they're at the reception. Um, yeah, everyone's there. Uh, Dylan then pulls Tony aside, asks her kind of about it. I think he thought that her father was going to show up. He does not show up. He asks her what happened. She kind of fills him in. But, you know, it, it, they do seem happy. They're hugging. They're in love. Everything is hunky-dory between uh, the two of them. So... Then it is the wedding night. Dylan and Tony come home to the house with a note on the door welcoming them home. Uh, someone took the liberty of setting the house up with some candles and the fireplace going. I don't know how early they did this, but I would be concerned if this was going on for a long period of time because no one was home. Um, I mean, I I have candles sometimes and I blow them out before I go to bed, so... Leave. I would never leave my home. Oh with it. yeah, no. We I've we have candles all over our apartment. Yeah, and um, no, you don't leave them on when you go to never, bed. Never. And also, so it's like candles. They come home and all the candles. I mean, yeah. the only thing would be is if someone did it like ten minutes before. That's fine, but yeah, no, no, no dangerous. It's Can't dangerous when it. you're not there. Can't do it. Can't do it. So then we see, I guess a bunch of people went back to the Walsh house after the wedding because then we see Susan and Brandon are in the kitchen talking about Dylan leaving. Um, Joe and Donna are sitting on the steps of the Walsh house. She caught the bouquet. Uh, Will she be next to get married? I don't know. She caught the bouquet. Does it mean something? Wedding bells for Joe and Donna? I don't know. Um, I think you do know. I I know exactly (laughs) what happens, but I'm not going to spoil it. Um... (laughs) Uh, I love, I mean, not enough Joe, but I do like Joe Bradley. I mean, the original Tim Tebow. <laughs> well, we haven't gotten to that yet, actually. It's why I called him Tim Tebow. It has not been discussed gotcha. yet. Uh, but you know why I said that. Yeah. So um, then we see Kelly talking with Colin. And he's asking kind of how she's doing with Dylan getting married. You know, he's being night normal, like asking her because he knows it's her ex-boyfriend. And she said she thought it would be hard, but she's happy. Um, and he's, you know, Collins. Well, she said exactly what what he wanted to hear. <laughs> also, yeah, he was being nice, but he, she said exactly what yeah. he would want to hear. Right. So, of course, he has, you know, a smile on his face and she's happy. So they're both happy. Yeah. I mean, but it's also funny. It's like, oh, you know, like, kind of, are you okay with your ex-boyfriend? She also, like, had a very serious boyfriend post. Who's yeah. right in the kitchen. Yeah. I, who's I, right in the kitchen. <laughs> I, I was wondering that when he asked her what the time frame was, but you had already right. explained Well, it was later. funny. Like, so Tony had a dinner party. Um, and it was very early in the Brandon-Susan. It was, like, their first kind of date. 
he brought her and Kelly looked like gorgeous in this like red dress and she said something about like do you still love her or something like that or still have feelings for her and he said no but how does she he never told her that they dated so how does she know oh I, I don't I don't remember she just knows I don't remember. Like, I can understand that Colin knowing because Kelly and Colin spent an entire summer together. So she might have said, like, I chose myself over my two, you know. Yeah, you just have to assume that it was discussed off screen. That's, I guess. So, next morning, Dylan and Tony wake up as newlyweds. Um, Just as they're about to get busy, the doorbell rings. Because, you know, it's raining and thundering and she's like, you know what I like to do in the rain, and they're about to do it, and doorbell. It is Nat and Steve who are coming in for room service for them. So they brought them bagels and you know, a they, whole they, breakfast they, spread. They, yeah, no, it was nice. It was br- very they nice. They brought it in, and then they got the hell out of there. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't stay long. They were just like, here, we'll leave you guys. But it was very nice of them to put on full tuxedos. Full, full, full tuxedos. Just to. Yeah, because they were there for a minute. So Yeah. Um, and then they get a call. It is from Anthony, who wants to make things right. He admits he made a mistake. He wants Dylan to come over. He has a present for them. He wants him to, I guess, talk it out, have a present for them. So he's reluctant, but Tony wants them to do it. So he says, fine. When they hang up, Bruno walks in and he heard Anthony on the phone with Dylan and he said basically he's proud of him. He thinks that he did good. So when Bruno leaves, then the hit Well not only that, he asked Bruno to step aside when the hitman uh walks in. Yes. So Oh Bruno will excuse us for a moment. Yes. And then So the hitman confirms to Anthony that the hit is back on now. Um and he's like, Great, he'll be here at six, Dylan. So he is planning something before Dylan gets there at 6 o'clock. So um, then when the hitman leaves, Bruno's sitting outside of the office. And he's just like makes a comment to him about the Anthony having a change of heart. And, um, you know, maybe he'll give them a gift. Maybe he'll offer the kid a job. And the hitman then just casually says to Bruno, if he makes it here alive... Yeah, so that that's the first error. Um, He's ha- telling Bruno that there's a hit on this kid. How, how many hitmen get jobs and then make comments like that, like a second later, to the guy outside the door? So, especially as someone who clearly doesn't know, based on his comments, he does not know. Yeah, two seconds earlier, and Anthony he was, was just told like, to be leave yeah, the room can, so it, I can be alone. So he, uh, yeah. the hitman knows. That Dylan, uh, that Bruno knows nothing about this, but Bruno clearly realizes what's going on and he immediately goes to call Dylan's house. But Tony took the phone off the hook because they've been getting a lot of interruptions. And, and they wanted some privacy. Yes. Um, I just want to say yes. um, that the, he waited a very long time to call somebody else. <laughs> well, yes. I know you're going to get there in a second. Yeah. But... Because it's light out, right? Yeah, I know it's light out, but... but... We'll, we'll get there. It's light out. <laughs> so then he... Well, the hitman leaves. Bruno, when it's light out, makes a phone call to Dylan, and it's busy. Also, Bruno was able to spend time away from work to walk her down the aisle. 
but he can't leave the house all day. To go over to Dylan. To go over to Dylan. Well, because then we see Dylan and Tony are talking, and their kid in trouble is missing. She can't find her. And we know... So they're... I don't know if we did... We didn't discuss this earlier, but they are planning on going to Hawaii. They're moving to Hawaii. His sister's down there. His mom's down there. He loves to surf. So their their whole plan was to get married and move down to Hawaii. Basically, because they're both also rich, they could just retire and they never have to work a day. Exactly. He'll open up a surf shop on the beach. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And that'll be basically to pay for, you know, nothing. Like, because he has so much money. No, that will just be because he wants to do it. Yeah, exactly. So, um... So she's nervous about, you know, leaving. She doesn't want to leave for Hawaii without uh, trouble, their kitten. And she asks Dylan to go find her before it gets dark. So it's still light out. Uh, we then see Bruno. This is hours later. Kind of stressing in the hallway of the house. And he makes a phone call again. And it's still off the hook. Probably because Tony just forgot to put it back on. Because this oh, is this seems to be hours later. Oh, they, they, they're just not, they just weren't putting it back on. They were they, yeah. they just wanted to be alone. Yeah. So well, he's out looking for the kitten. She just forgot to put it back on. Yeah. You know? So, um, then he was like, you know what? I'm just gonna call the Peach Pit and see if Brandon happens to be there. Ten hours later, he comes. He up with calls that Brandon. Well, he calls the Peach Pit, and Brandon is there, and he tells Brandon that Anthony has put a hit out on Dylan. That reaction, Brandon's reaction, was just like, it wasn't even like okay or like. He didn't have a second to take it in. He, I, he wasn't like, what? Or like, what? Wow. He ran. He, he put the phone down and was just out the door. Just such a quick reaction. I feel like I would need a minute to like process be, being told that there's, you know, a hit out I mean, I friends. think only because Brandon is aware of the, of situation. the situation, what kind of man he is, that like, I don't think he was fully shocked. Um, but he, yeah, he, he, he runs after, uh, runs out of the peach pit. Yeah. Doesn't even tell, like, Nat's like, what just happened? Like, no idea. So, we, D- Dylan comes home, says to Tony, he can't find trouble. But he says, you know what, why don't you go see your dad, and I'll continue to look for him. Because apparently... That's the name of the cat, Trouble? Trouble. Um, well, the reason why they found him, she found the kitten on Dylan's doorstep on Halloween... And she was, like, in love with the kid. And he's like, oh, this is going to be trouble. And then that's what they named it. So, apparently, though, he's like, we got a flight to catch. So, I'm like, are they leaving that night for Hawaii, I think, probably. They're trying to get out of there quickly. So, he said, you go see your dad. I'll find the cat. And then we got a flight to catch. So, uh, Tony takes Dylan's car, uh, which, I mean, it's his wife now. He's letting someone drive his Porsche. Um, Brand, uh, Dylan. Dylan, uh, Brandon shows up a second later. Well, so Tony goes, takes the Porsche to go meet her dad. And Brandon comes by, tells him what's up. And he's like, uh, she kind of already left. left. So they quickly, and it's pouring outside. They quickly go, get in this car. They're running after Tony. We then see Tony uh, driving in the car. And a car kind of blocks her in. And all of a sudden... We see some guy, one of the hitmen at the beginning of the episode, just knock down like 10 rounds right into the car and drive away. As soon as they drive away, Brandon and Dylan uh, pull up. Brand- Dylan runs to the car, opens the door. She falls out. Uh, she's 
clearly been killed. Uh, He's hysterical. I mean, this scene always got me. He's hysterical, um, you know, saying, look what they did to her, just holding her while it's pouring out. When I first saw this, and probably times after this, I was probably hysterical crying. I am not, I did not cry, probably because I've seen it a hundred times at this point, (laughs) didn't cry, but uh, at first, I mean, it is a heartbreaking scene. Yeah. Um, I also think really good acting by Luke. Yeah, I I mean, it's really heartbreaking because uh, Dylan as a character has had probably the roughest life of any of the cast Mm -hmm. members, and it was just like, even though he's... He's young. He's had such a hard life. It's nice that he finally has found... It seemed like he had finally found peace with his, his dad's death. And he was letting it go. Yeah, he was going to let it go. He was letting it go. He chose and her. he was going to go now be with his family in Hawaii and start a life with his wife. And it seemed like he... That this was, you know, this was a how his life was going to be. And it just... Was taken um, from him yeah. just like that. Yeah. So it is now the next morning. Dylan... And Brandon's at Dylan's house and Brandon's like, you need to talk to the police. Like, he's just like, you can't let him get away with it. And Dylan, I think it just is like, let it go. Like he's kind of, you know, just going to deal with it. But, um, you know, it's, it's, I, I don't know what to say about it. It's sad, but. We're at Tony's funeral. Everyone's there. Um, I find it odd that Bruno is sitting right next to Anthony, knowing what that, he did yeah. to her. I'm surprised. Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised he wouldn't just quit or just. Yeah, just he's sitting right to, next to him. Yeah. Um, I think that's fear. I, I don't know. I mean, he's the one that informed him about the hit, and he knew. I mean, if it, if it was different and if it was Dylan that actually got killed as they were anticipating, I think Bruno, yeah, probably still would have been sitting next to him. And as Tony would probably been hysterical crying and uh, as we discussed this earlier, would have not, you know, had a relationship with her father probably I'm after this. I'm going to call this an oversight by the director. Yeah, because I just, it doesn't make sense that Bruno no. would be sitting there next no. to him. Um but then Anthony's kind of walking away afterwards and kind of implying like to Dylan, like, come, let's talk. And he tells Brandon, Dylan tells Brandon to um, get rid of everyone. He's got something to deal with. So Dylan and Anthony um, are alone. Anthony immediately hands Dylan a gun, wanting him to kill him. He points the gun at him. And basically Anthony's telling him that he'd be doing both of them a favor if Dylan killed him right there. He has nothing to live for anymore because obviously his daughter, who we love very much, is now dead uh, at his own fault. And Dylan doesn't do it. He says that my father is gone, your daughter is gone, and now we're even. And he drops the gun and walks away. Now, I think he's saying that to him, but I don't think Dylan feels that way. They're not even because he just lost Tony also. Um, I, I mean, I think... Um, I think he's saying that. I think that Anthony's was just trying... Anthony wanted to die. Um, and he's like, hey, maybe this kid will get thrown in jail for it. Probably. Uh, honestly. Yeah. And also, 
Dylan should have wiped that gun off before dropping it because I really don't trust Anthony. You wouldn't trust him, yeah. Um, you know what's sad also watching this? I just realized um, I did the spotlight on the guy who plays Anthony Marchette and he actually passed away in real life also. Mm-hmm. And I was like thinking it was like kind of sad like that whole scene. The two of them are both no longer Correct. Uh, with us, which is very sad. Um, but um, yeah. Yeah. it's. I mean, this whole episode is sad, so... <laughs> Um, we then see Dylan at the house. He's packing up. Uh, we see Tony's wedding dress on a hanger, which might be smaller than a size zero. Uh, yeah, I was thinking that. Um, that her waist size, that is She the, doesn't have a waist. That is the tiniest dress. I didn't know what it was for a second because that certainly, so that certainly cannot be a dress. Um, and I imagine that is the dress that Rebecca Gayhart was wearing. Oh, yeah, no, I, so, I would imagine she's super skinny. She's so skinny. Um, so I thought that was kind of something. Um, he goes and holds the dress, and then we hear a kitten at the uh, door, and it is trouble. Um, he goes, holds the cat. He's crying. Um, and then at the end, uh, we see him on his motorcycle, kind of with... Not a lot of uh, stuff, but he's got some stuff kind of packed, including Trouble, the cat. And Brandon pulls up. He tells him he doesn't know when or if he will be back. And he gives him the keys to the house. He asks him to lock up the place for him. They shake hands and Dylan drives off. And that is where the episode ends. And that is Luke Perry's exit to the show. Um, or is it? Um, any final thoughts? Um, let's see. Any final thoughts? Um. I mean, I've always said I think Dylan has the best storylines. Yeah, Dylan Dylan was my favorite character for that reason. His storylines were always the most interesting. Yeah. Um, and I think it was a good send-off, um, for him. Definitely, uh, Definitely just like kind of showcasing Dylan's never allowed to be happy. Dylan yeah. will never truly find happiness. Yeah. And that's why he left. He needed to maybe go search for something because yeah. now there was a huge hole in his life. Right. Now it's like, where does he, does he go? Well, we know, we do find out, I believe later this season, we, I think there's another telegram. From Dylan? Uh, from Dylan. He must have learned, He must have got it from the washes. Yeah, when he, when he was Dylan sends a telegram, and I believe we get a clue to where he is at that point. Um, but do you think he goes to Hawaii? Like, where? I mean, do you think like he's on his motorcycle? So he's. I think at some point. I, I mean, I, money's no issue for him. Yeah, I think. I think he definitely goes to Hawaii eventually, and I don't think it's too long after this right he'll see his mom he'll see his sister and i think think he probably spent a lot of time in hawaii i would imagine i could see see him maybe even spending a whole year with his mom and his sister um yeah silver right no silver is which i'm sorry who's who's silver was on the reboot it was erin silver you're thinking of um erica erica was not on the reboot no Sorry. Erica's like probably, I think Erica's around my age now. Oh. So on the reboot, she wouldn't have made sense. She would have been in college probably at that point when they were in high school. Silver 
was a character on the reboot who was Aaron Silver, David oh, and Kelly's David sister. Oh, David and Kelly's ba- uh, the baby's sister. sister. Who's, she's born, right, already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, okay. she's, 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 she, but she's a little girl. Okay. Um, whereas just, Erica's like 13, yeah, probably. Yeah, I, I, I just confused the characters. Yeah, whereas Aaron's probably like five. Okay. Which makes, yeah, I mean, or, well, it's 95. I think she's probably three or four. She's born like the first or sec- second season, maybe. Okay. Um, so, um, yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think he just walked the earth. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for joining. I will obviously bring you back for season seven. And I think, I mean, by the time we get to season 10, I think me and Heather need to do one together. Okay, maybe we'll do season 10 together. Maybe we'll do the finale together. I don't know. One of the last episodes. We'll do, yeah, we'll do something like that. We'll do something special. All right. Thank you for joining. Fun facts and tidbits. Okay, so we already said this. This is Luke Perry's last episode, so we will not see him anymore after this episode. Or will we? He won't be on anytime soon, I'll promise you that. Um, So, also for songs, so it's interesting. um, The scene where Dylan is, finds the cat at the end, and then he's kind of like holding onto Tony's wedding dress. The song's playing Nobody Knows Me by Lyle Lovett. But apparently they wanted to do a Chris Isaac song called Somebody's Crying. Um, but I guess they couldn't get it cleared, so they had to go with the Lyle Lovett song. I actually like both songs, and I know the Lyle Lovett song. I did not know that he sang that. Also, I really only know Lyle Lovett because he was briefly married to Julia Roberts. Now, Chris Isaac, I do believe he's had songs or will have songs that do get cleared for the show because I'm pretty sure there's other Chris Isaac songs and I went through an interesting Chris Isaac phase I really liked him at some point um so I think I had like a couple of Chris Isaac CDs anyway so yeah that's it for that um Spotlight I haven't done it on her yet waiting for this one to do it um obviously Tony herself Rebecca Gayhart Spotlight so Rebecca Gayhart was born on August 12th, 1971, which makes her 49 now. So she was pretty young on the show. She's probably around the same age as uh, Tori and Brian, since they were the youngest. Um, she is from a town called Hazard, Kentucky. And um, she, so she started doing some local modeling when she was about 15. And around then, I guess, relocated to New York, which is obviously a place for models to go to and she completed her education at the professionals children's school which i think Gwyneth paltrow might have went there or i mean i'm sure there's tons of alum that went there um and she also did an acting workshop at the lee strasberg theater um and film institute so she was there started doing a lot of commercials and in the early 90s, was known as the Noxima girl. Um, there were tons of Noxima commercials, which is a skincare, like acne product for teenagers. Um, so she did all those commercials. And I remember when she appeared on 90210, um, I was like, oh my God, it's the Noxima girl. So everyone kind of knew her as the Noxima girl. So after 90210, 
she started doing like in the 90s uh there was that like horror you know teen movie phase so she did um a bit part in scream 2 she was the lead along with jared leto in urban legend which i kind of think is an underrated horror movie um she was in jawbreaker with rose mcgowan um, and Judy Greer. So she did some like movies in the 90s. Um, and then kind of like, I think, you know, maybe fell off a little bit um, after that. She, um, I did not know this, was in a relationship for 13 years with Brett Ratner, the director. Had no idea about that. Um, she was also married to Eric Dane, who she's currently separated from. I did not know that. I thought they were still together because on social media, it seems like they're hanging out, but maybe it's just for the kids because they have two kids together. But they, uh, apparently, she filed for divorce from him in February of 2018, but no divorce yet. So hopefully maybe they'll be able to work it out. Eric Dane, um, if you don't know, is uh, Mick Steamy from uh, Grey's Anatomy. He is quite a good looking man and I remember when he joined Grey's Anatomy and I was found out that they were married I was like oh my god he's married to Rebecca Gayhart um also she had some unfortunate um legal issues in 2001 um she had gotten to a well, I don't know, it's a car accident but she unfortunately killed someone um that was walking across the street um, a kid, I think it was, when she was filming a movie. Um, and, you know, I think she just ended up having to, she lost her license for a year and had some community service and stuff like that she had to do. Um, the parents of the boy filed some a wrongful death lawsuit. It was settled out of court. She paid for his funeral expenses and stuff like that, but terrible terrible thing and she's only really commented on once just saying that you know that's something that will live with her for the rest of her life um which is just awful um that happened other than that um you know there's been some some uh some bit parts here and there she most recently had a small part in once upon a time in hollywood the quentin tarantino movie so yeah um you know i think I think we'll, we have not seen the last of Rebecca Gayhart. I think we'll start to see her again. But I think she's she's got two little kids, so I think maybe she's kind of um, more so kind of uh, just focusing on her kids and she's not acting as much. She probably doesn't need to, uh, truthfully. So anyways, yeah, so that is it for the fun facts and trivia and the um, trivia. We don't do trivia, should we? Um, fun facts and tidbits and the spotlight thank you all for listening to casa walsh a beverly hills 90210 podcast my name is sam and on the next episode we are going over season six episode 11 called offensive interference so thanks for listening and we'll see you then